Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to the sixth behind-the-scenes episode of Focus Fire Chat. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Joining us for tonight's recorded chat, we have Justin Sane 0516. Justin, how's your tech acting tonight? I think it's behaving. It's almost like it knows its place. I don't want to... <laughs> now everything's going to burn to the ground. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, everything's good on my end. Really excited for our guest tonight, and I'll let you... Tell the tell the folks why. T- tell the folks why. Well, and I was able to convince Green to join us, even though technically she she just got internet access. Green, how's the <laughs> new environment for you? Not too bad. Just the eclipse was kind of fun to view today, and got to go outside and enjoy some nice mountain air. But as far as inside stuff, eh, it could be better. <laughs> could be better. You're you're trying to replicate <laughs> Justin's tech situation over there is my run tell it on the mountain no i heard when yeah that too when justin (laughs) has a hard drive that decides to die an hour and a half before showtime then justin can have his tech problems (laughs) that's that's happened by the way and and also with with a logo i've been i've been making for blue so he can get to e3 with business cards i've been working (laughs) like three weeks on this logo and right before showtime my hard drive crashes with that logo, and I've got to rebuild oh. it in two days. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> I well, nod we, my hat to you, sir. <laughs> we also have with us someone whose work the Destiny community is pretty familiar with, John Goff. John, how are you tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep my voice. I'm sure most people can hear a little bit of that. Fan-freaking-tastic. Well, and just in case someone out there doesn't already know, can you let us know where everyone can find you? They can find me? Oh, yeah. like on uh, Yeah, where, where where can we stalk you? I mean, <laughs> no. Like what supermarket do you shop at? <laughs> <laughs> Justin really wants to know. He wants to send you a Facebook request. I spent a lot of time at Target, but I'm not going to tell you which Target. Uh, <laughs> I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I think my Twitter is Jonathan underscore Goff, and I think my Instagram is just John underscore Goff, G-O-F-F. So you can, right. you can chase well, me down on there. Cool. And nice. we'll get and we'll obviously get all your your links for all that up in our show notes as well for this one. Um, let me run through our intro real quick before I hand the controls fully over to John so that we can talk about what the topic is tonight. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, Ghosts and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. The Behind the Scenes series is a way for us to step out of the world of game lore and talk about other aspects of the community that we're so proud to be a part of. 
It also allows us a chance to sit down and really get to chat with well-versed individuals from within that aspect of the community, giving us the chance to really explore the topic. This chat is going to be discussing the often hidden process of creating stories, something that's pretty near and dear to our own hearts. With all that being said, I'm going to let John give us a bit of an introduction to how he does the magic that he does. John? Uh, the magic that I do uh, <laughs> depends on the medium I'm working in, the team, somebody, <laughs> with writing and different projects. You know, everything varies project to project. Sometimes you're working with a group of people. Sometimes you're working alone. Sometimes you're working with a group of people, then working alone, then getting back to the group of people. Um, so, <laughs> so it's a lot of organized chaos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's. it's interesting. Writing's interesting because there's the chaos of, of breaking a story and trying to come up with the best ideas and, 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 you know, banging your head against the wall if you're by yourself trying to come up with that stuff or banging your head against other people's heads trying to come up with that stuff in a room. <laughs> and, then, and then after kind of the fun of that fire, you got to kind of go back to the quiet of trying to put that down on paper. You know, even, even when you're working with other people, it always comes down to at some point you're all staring at a screen wanting no one to say a damn word because once someone starts talking to you, you, you kind of you can get out. At least I do. I can get out of the rhythm once, once I'm writing and – I have the voices in my head. I, I try to listen to music that has, has no words, soundtracks, or, or, or just instrumental music, um, uh, and kind of just go from there. But I don't know any specific questions about I me. Mean, that's a pretty broad – the magic. I mean, the magic I do is, is uh, crafted on uh, a Mac and a keyboard, and I just make sh** as I go. That's the magic. <laughs> Well, I know nice. that I know you started off with a medium that was kind of different than video games, right? You started off with um, comics, if I remember, if I'm remembering that correctly. Is that yeah, correct? I, mean, I, start, I started uh, in toys actually with McFarlane oh, okay. toys. Also did some, uh, so I did some, I did some creative stuff for toys, and that's you know that's still there's still a lot of uh, storytelling there, trying to come up with the with the lineups and the, and the messaging behind any given toy line. And there were video game toy lines in house, holy, uh, their lines wholly created in house based on our own imaginations and just the crazy crap we'd come up with, uh, and everything from, you know, like the lost TV show to, you know, our own brand of twisted Christmas toys. Like, so trying to, trying to weave narratives so that on a shelf, someone walking down the aisle doesn't just see the logo they like, but gets a sense from all of the products sitting there um, that it's something they want to be a part of. Um, and then from there, yeah, we also worked in comics, which is different from video games. They're not that different. They're both collaborative uh, from the writing view. It's, you, you know, you're working with artists and you're working with uh, production people to make sure you're telling a story within the constraints of the medium uh, to, to convey like in a comic, trying to convey uh, the, the chunk of the narrative you need to convey for that, that 30 day period, they come out month to month, you know, right. and then for video games, you're working, you know, for a number of years to craft a whole big, massive experiential kind of narrative that people will be able to not just enjoy running through, but also hopefully enjoy exploring, exploring in terms of the worlds and the, and the characters and the inhabit and, and the stories that kind of push, push you forward to, to, you know, moving that, that thumbstick around and pressing those, Pressing those A's and B's and pulling those triggers. So. 
Well, and I mean, like, I, I just picture like, you know, a comic and, you know, even with the toys a bit too, it's, it's a very linear process, right? You know, when you're, when I, when you're reading a book, um, unless you're doing goosebumps, uh, you, you kind of are going to the next page. And if you're just, yeah, yeah. you're going, you're going to the next page anyways, Listen. cause you have the, <laughs> quit, would you quit besmirching my goosebumps? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with a video game, and I, I know you, I, I know I remember reading you. You said this about like the Crackdown Three type stuff that you you're doing right now. But like, it's it's a different, you know, a cha- it's a challenge. I, I can't imagine the the amount of challenge. But like the the direction that an, a a consumer can consume the story is inherently three D or even four D. I guess technically compared to a book. How does like how does I'm just trying to think, how do you wrap, like, how do you begin to approach a story that way? I mean, well, you still start, at least every time I've done it for games, you still start the same way. You try to try to break the, the main narrative and the story that you want to tell, you know, based on the information that's kind of been gathered, talking to designers and artists and what the gameplay experience is going to be. And then... And then from there, you start to start to put to put together like the frameworks of the narrative. And then you go back and talk to the artists and designers and say, hey, here's what we're thinking. And actually, as we were looking at the the idea for the level and the idea for some of these characters, we had, you know, this narrative idea maybe gave us this thought that might be, you know, valuable in the design of the mission. And, you know, so you have those conversations for a little while and it kind of goes back and forth. And hopefully you're each feeding each other and all with an eye towards making the best end experience for the player, right? Like you have to, the, the thing about narrative and words, as far as I'm concerned, especially with a game, it's the most malleable thing. We can change what we, what needs to be said to convey what we want to convey to ensure that we're, we're trying to uh, give the, the, the end player the best experience possible as they're playing the game. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, back and forth in the initial stage I mean, throughout really, um, you know, once you start to lay down, lay down some dialogue and get it in the game and you, you get the, we got this thing, the robo dialogue, which kind of allows you to hear like that, you know, that computerized voice that it'll spit the line back out you, but back out at you. So you can see how it, it hits the beats within the mission. Is it too long? Is it too short? Is it actually the right emotion for what we're saying here? Do we need to say anything here? Is there too much combat here? There's a little bit of combat here. Let's shut the hell up and let people play. Like, you know, so so going through those kind of iterations, um, you know, day to day, like, hope, hope, you know, sitting down with the designers, sitting down with other writers and, and trying to make sure that flow works. Um, there's a lot of the fun as far as I'm concerned. Like comics, it's collaborative. You're working with the artists, you're working with the letterers, you're working with the colorists to tell the story you want to tell page to page. And video games just amps amps all that up. And that's where I think the most fun is as a as a creator. Like I'm I'm a writer, but also I consider myself a storyteller and a creator. And I care most about what the end creation is as opposed to whether or not it's the exact version of my fancy quote unquote fancy words. I, I just want people to have fun and I want the experience to be what it was meant to be. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. And Justin, I know you had, you wanted to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, um, jumping from more of a, I, I'm assuming your work with McFarlane was mostly for print. Like maybe is it the copy that's on the back of the, the packaging for the toy or is it, Oh yeah, they were all for that went back back with the toy. Yeah, the first well, I did. Uh, I was doing two things there. Uh, initially, I was I was kind of managing the community, uh, working with the community. I'd write mm. 
daily updates about what's going on in the company and turn those into little narratives and things like that. Um, and then, but yeah, then it was product products uh, copy for the back of the packages. Sometimes, sometimes stories that were packaged within. Okay, okay. cool. Had a line of dragons that included an, a story that came with each dragon. So if you collected ev- all of the dragons, there'd be a lar- large like fantasy narrative that ran throughout the whole of the the product line. Uh, PR, press releases, yeah, write, writing all kinds of things. For, yeah, you, for you, needed. you had me at dragons. Yeah, um, I was like, that <laughs> is amazing. We did so, series. I don't remember. Yeah, we did quite a few dragons. There was about six. Five to six dragons per line, and I don't remember. We did at least four lines, I think. <laughs> Justin, so, Justin is going to go hunt down dragons now. You should, I'm gonna, you should Google find them on eBay for probably a decent price. But they're, I mean, the McFarland toys, like their sculptors and artists on the on the toy design side, are are top notch. So you'll yeah, see, yeah, you'll see some incredible dragon sculpts, especially for a little plastic toy you find at Walmart. Like it was, uh, looked pretty impressive on the shelf. Yeah, but but uh, also what I wanted to ask was, so you go from that, which is is a lot more, it seems like that would be a lot more like specific and we need you to write a little piece for this or a, a little piece that's going to go on the on the packaging for this. Yeah. And, then, and then you move to comics, which are a lot more frame by frame, you right. know, like you, you would have to, to look at the artwork and then, of course, know where the narrative needs to go. And then it's the all from the comic. For like a comic, how I, how I usually write comics is I'll write a plot page by page, panel by panel, um, and and I won't even necessarily I'll, I'll include some dialogue if I think it helps sell the emotion of the scene. But well, I'll write a plot that gives the the artist the breakdown of every page. They'll do thumbnails, and from thumbnails, sometimes I'll wait till final art. But usually, once I get thumbnails, I'll start scripting it. Uh, so okay. so that I'm I'm speaking to the art. It, it usually matches what I what I wrote in the plot fairly closely, but the artists always, I've been lucky enough to work with artists that are fantastic enough to always make it look better than I envision it. Every now and then I'll give them crappy little thumbnails just to hopefully make their job a little easier. Um, but I have a pretty good idea of exactly what should be coming back at me. Uh, oh, okay. Page to page, panel to panel in a comic. So that, that was my biggest question about the, about the whole comic writing was, so the, the writer in that sense is the, is the driver of the narrative like it, it's not so much that you're that you're like freelance writing for or that you were like freelance writing for someone who already had a story figured out you were coming up with a story on your own right uh i mean again no it's all collaborative like i would sit down and especially when i was working on on spawn like todd and i would sit together and and we would talk out the, the story arc and then i would i would send him a breakdown of the plot before i ever sent it to the artist's um, just to make sure that he and I were on the same page. Um, and even then, like the artist and I would exchange thoughts and notes. And, and, and in most cases, they're on they're on those initial conversations as well to make sure they're having they're getting to draw cool stuff that they want to draw and to make sure that we're, you know, the yeah. uh, you know, if you're working with a team, if the more the, that team can be involved in each step of the process, the happier everyone will be and, and the better the end product will be, because you should be catching each other as often as you can uh, to avoid anything too stupid. Right? Yeah. So. How, how awesome is it that he says Todd and I, <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, just, I think uh, <laughs> I just like the fact that he, he just is like, Oh yeah. When we were working on spawn, which I love yeah. that, that amazing comic, but green, I know you had 
Yeah. Uh, my question actually has to go with transitioning from writing for like a comic book or anything like that, where you kind of know where the end is mm-hmm. end of the story to writing for a video game where the end is kind of variable in some ways. How, how do you reconcile that as you're writing or how do you have to shift your brain and everything to write for a video game, which things may change yeah. versus writing a comic book, which is a lot more concise. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, they're actually more similar than you think. I mean, it takes longer to make one than the other. But before we're before we start writing missions, we know where a given release is going to end, and we are writing towards that end. Now, things can change. Like I said, like we're, you start to work on 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 the, they start to work on the gameplay a little more, and they start to work on design, start to play test things, and suddenly missions need to change and. And a mechanic here or there needs to change to, to make it more fun or something they were going to try that might have been bad crazy isn't going to work. So we're going to we're going to rein it in a little bit. Um, and so you're just going through this iteration. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we don't like I've never started writing um, any given mission that wasn't speaking towards what we wanted to say at the end of a given release. Nice. So the, I mean, basically, the even though I'm, I'm trying to, it would be like an illusion of variable endings, I guess. Yeah, you have to know where you want it to end, and hopefully, you can work some variation there. So there's right. some there's some there's some variation in some of the line reads. Maybe a different line pops here or there based on something you've done. But for the for the most part, and then like, again, there's a lot of different games that do a lot of different things. But right. But, you know, uh, something like, like Destiny, I mean, the big story was always the big story. Well, and like kind of maybe zeroing in on that just a little bit. You know, we kind of chatted a little bit beforehand about character creation. And yeah. um, that's always been something that I know has been kind of, uh, I guess, I guess it's you would call it a hot topic <laughs> between everybody is some of the characters, you know, and how how they're presented I mean, for instance, the the whole Jaren Ward, you know, trilogy or not the trilogy, but the Jaren Ward trio. Like, how from a from a development standpoint, and I and again, I know there's there's going to be vast differences based on you know the level of character involvement in the actual playable part of the game. But how does that normally work? Like, do they do you usually get handed like a a cookie cutter? This is the character we want you to write, or this is this is the abstract name go uh so i mean it's different so there's uh you know writing for let's look at uh the rise of iron let's look at rise of iron like there was we sat down and talked about all of those characters as a group like uh writers and, and artists and who are these who are these narrative people who are these characters what do they mean what does it mean that to to have them play these roles we want them to play within this release and how does that release speak to the larger larger narrative in the larger universe. Uh, Shiro specifically, like we broke him and created a character, created a Bible page for him and who he was and what his backstory was and what he was all about. Uh, and then, and then I took that forward in writing, in writing his character for, uh, I, I wrote most of his, uh, post the post story deep dive into the splicers and the plague line stuff that Shiro was kind of directing in rise of iron. But that character was created through conversations with other writers and other narrative people and even artists putting together his design. 
you know, and then and then there's and then there's the uh, the grimoire stuff, uh, the Thorn Last Word story. I mean, that all stemmed from, you know, I, I got to Bungie. We're talking about the things I'm going to be working on. Um, Eric Robb, the guy who kind of brought me in, showed me these two weapons at one point and said, you know, we were thinking about doing some old, you know, some old West good guy, white hat, black hat type thing for this. And I was like, absolutely. That's what we're doing. <laughs> cool. And then I just, and then I just made up, I made up a story. Um, but there was, there was no, those characters didn't exist before I, before that conversation about what, what we wanted to do with these two weapons. And that conversation was a bigger weapon, a bigger conversation with all of the grimoire, like how, what stories did we want to tell with each of these exotic weapons, you know, and there was, there was other people, other writers, uh, Seth Dickinson did some great stuff mm-hmm. with super good yeah, advice. Man. Eric did some amazing stuff. Uh, we all just kind of said, here's kind of, here's the, uh, here's the, here's the area kind of the, um, how's the word I'm looking for? Uh, here's the, uh, Here's the little playground we want to play with in terms of tone uh, uh, within Destiny and what we think we can get out of some of these weapons, how we think we can expand the feel and the, and, and the life of the universe uh, by just going, you know, we, we kind of, we had free reign to kind of take those where we wanted as long as we were speaking to the, to the truths of the Destiny universe. So. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna be. I'll, I'll be completely remiss if I don't ask this question. Um, was there any influence on the? Oh the gosh. Gen- yeah, no, you know, you know. Is there any influence of the Dark Tower in the Jaren Ward arc? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matthew uh, McConaughey, I mean, and I approve this. Thing. I mean, oh, as a matter of fact, some of the connections people make, I'm like, oh, shit. all right. Like, um, I mean, I, I, uh, that story, I've never, I haven't read all of the books. I have not, okay. I've never read all of the Dark Tower books. Um, but that story in particular was always kind of important to me in terms of what it meant. It's the book that got my mom and I reading Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I kind of, I, I, my favorite Stephen King book is Salem's Lot. Yeah. Uh, so I fair enough. more into the horror stuff and, and the dark towers. Kind of, the two of the biggest influences on, on the story actually, you know, were, uh, Unforgiven the, uh, the uh-huh. movie. Uh, I just said two. There was three. Unforgiven, and then the scene in um, Three Hundred, where they come across, they come across like the destruction of the village after the Persians had been there. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. is Ash. And and then also, I don't know why this is, and I haven't watched the movie in a while, and there, I don't want anyone to read anything into this, but I always. <laughs> I always liked, and they're not the same character whatsoever, really. Um, but I always liked the bad guy from Mulan. And oh, just the, yeah, okay. He like, and, and <laughs> his eyes and the threat of this guy that 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 could just bring your bring your you know bring your village, bring your whole empire to ruin. Uh, he had an army, you know. Fred uh, <laughs> York did not have an army. Uh, but those were the three main ones. I knew there was some. I knew there'd be some dark tower connections, uh, but there was no specific. There's no specific elements of the dark okay. tower um, that I drew on. 
So I'm just I, 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 confirmed <laughs> that I am I am reading into that. Everyone knows that now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is it was just fine. I kind of knew that going into it, but I just want to say a couple things here. First of all, I think I think <laughs> Jared took our our conversation last week and about there being a Disney reference at least <laughs> like every couple of weeks. every every like, episode. I'm just gonna, just gonna bring like Mulan into it. No, uh, but also I just want you to know, and I think this would this would make me feel very happy. But your little storyline here. Uh, has inspired some of the most visceral lore conversations I've ever been a part of. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there is no other topic. There is no other topic in Destiny lore that will get people at each other's throats. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that self-inflicted, and some of it was intentional. The story was written and presented in a specific manner. Like it was never the the pieces that were given when they were given were never given haphazardly. Oh my uh, god. That that was actually my next question is who was the genius on the delivery of that story? Because the, the idea behind this story and and whether or not I don't know really picked up on this and not that they should have. Nobody necessarily should have. And 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 I would have liked to have done this more widespread, but maybe not seeing some of the conversations in our <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is you're getting a story you're new to this world you found a ghost you got a piece of a story you don't know what the hell that story is you don't know the next part of that story is you got another piece of the story you don't know what where does that go what does it fit what am i learning and it was the idea of like imagine finding like king tut's tomb for the first time you walk in and you find an artifact like oh you figured it out this is amazing and then you, <laughs> and, then, and then you dig 10 feet deeper and you're like oh that's not what that meant that's uh-huh. uh, i mean we had we, we we had you know okay so now we can say we thought we had 100 percent, but now we got we saw that was 50 but this new piece actually gives us a new a new percentage of understanding so let's not jump to 100 again let's say we're at 70 percent, and then you find a chamber and there's the tomb and you're like oh man look at this is the there's more information. We've got more information. We're learning more. These are the facts. This is what we know. We can publish papers and we know. And then someone knocks a wall down on accident. There's another damn tomb. Like, <laughs> oh, like uh-huh. this is all true, but some of the truths that we discovered from the thing that we thought we understood are actually not quite as cemented as we thought. That was the I wanted people to have the conversation. I wanted yeah. people to to take a truth and decide which they, way they wanted to go with it based on the information given. It, it was trying to tell an experiential story. The game is experiential. I wanted people to have these conversations. And to be quite honest, there's pieces of it that people people ask questions and have conversations about certain parts and then overlook some shit that I always thought was obvious. And I'm not <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> like, oh, that's it. But that's that's kind of the point was was yeah. to was to create something that would make people talk. Now, I don't want people to get mad at each other. No, <laughs> no. That's when you know you've written something good, when people have a very a very visceral connection to it. Yeah, no. Like, I, so I, was, I was always happy when I'd see people. I'd, I'd Google it. I'd be like, all right, what they, what they guess? Oh, I, I think I said too much here. I, obviously, I didn't. Like, no. <laughs> and and when it was really the best for me is when you would see people writing math formulas with the characters' names. Jaron oh Ward gosh. equals this. Yeah. This person equals that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was never more a triumphant or just despairing 
resolution of a story than kind of the end of that one. Mm-hmm, or at mm-hmm. least what we see as the end. Every I mean you see people who still There was there were two parties. There it. were two parties oh on that one. Yeah. And it was one side was an absolute victor and the other side was like, I'm not talking to you ever again. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, you know, that's uh cool. I can actually remember uh New Year's one year uh a, a good friend of mine online said something very disparaging about Shin Malfur and we didn't speak like we got we got <laughs> what Shin Malfur ever done he's a good guy I know right like they were like they, they they said something to the effect of yeah he says at the beginning of his account that that you know all of this might not be true so he's a liar I was like no he's not he's not a liar he's not lying he's just re- recollecting it as best he can you heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> Actually, you read it in the grimoire first, but yes, you did. Well, some people can't read that well, Blue. <laughs> they read what they want to read. But how are the kids supposed to fit in the school? <laughs> they just take it. They, you know, they, you take some things literal. That's fine. I mean, the words are there. Take them as you want. That's the intent. Shin Malfour equals Cade's chicken. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> I just, I, I just like going back to the delivery of that story. You know, I, I think that was that was actually for me what made it because exactly what you were saying about like the discovery process. Like looking back, that was what made the story of your such an enjoyable thing is because you you got like your first look at it was kind of the ending right you know it was the 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 final piece and you're like what what is this and then you kind of get this like and you know at the time we didn't really know it but then you got the first piece and then you kind of got another random piece and then like all of a sudden you start like trying and we make fun of Bungie for this because their timelines are so amorphous but like they started converging into a line and it was just like you know the excitement of everyone as that line started really becoming more solidified it was just palpable like you could feel that that eagerness to see where that story finally because we had at the at that point we had like those two two wires and it was like are these going to be are these going to be connected are they going to disconnect like what's what's going on here and that i mean that minute when i think what was it uh was it rise of iron that it finally I want to say it was Rise of Iron that the final like confirmation piece was uh, yeah dropped. I mean, I can't remember that. I can't remember when it was, was it. The Whisper I, in the Bones. That's yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Whisper in the Bone. Because as soon as that card dropped, you could just hear the explosions across <laughs> across all our chats of like when people read it, they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> It was I that that for me was like the highlight of that entire of actually I mean that's why it's one of my favorite stories is because of the delivery like the story and I mean don't I mean again don't get me wrong the story itself is really cool and it's very well done as far as like the tie in into hope and everything but yeah. like the delivery just it just took it to a next level in my mind well, I think so. that's what the, that that was the that was the intent so I'm glad that it worked for a lot of people like the idea that. I think this, this, like if I had just told the story, maybe in places it could have been told a little better, um, right. you know. But that was I was trying to go for something that I hope people I hoped people would remember and and take part in. Um, you know, there's something when I read it when I when I look at it. I mean, I looked at it a little while. When I look back at it, like there's some places where 
you know, I'd use, I used repetition intentionally, you know, and I, there's sometimes I think I overdid it a little bit, although at the same time, I don't think that sometimes people didn't get it. And some other times people, it was literally just, Oh, it's the same writer. So he's just using the same words. Let me use the same words. <laughs> intentionally. You're so like when, when, if, if Rezzle, if Rezzle's cards are mirroring something that was in, in the thorn cards, like that's intentional. Oh, like, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, I told you oh, it shit. was. I heard it. You just settled an argument for a while. That was like one of my huge arguments for the Rezzle and Dredgen cards was the the repetition of hope, the moon, and currency of hope. Yeah, I I just thought it was so obvious at one point people were like, well, no shit. They're the same person. (laughs) That was the conversation that Justin and I (laughs) was like, literary literary curve here is – in the past two years, there's been a lot of times where we've paused and said, we're probably reading way more into this than Bungie ever intended. I'm just, I'm just glad that I was not reading more into it in that particular aspect. Exactly. I will take, I'll take, I'll take exactly. the hit on the dark tower. If I can, I get credit for that. One. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is like, I hope that my, my big takeaway, you know, from, from that particular story is I hope that anyone that did read too much into anything or anybody that, you know, doesn't sided with one side and who anybody should have been at any given moment. Like, I hope at the end of the day, they can at least look back and be like, well, right or wrong or read too much or didn't read enough. Like, that's not the point. It was fun. Like, that's that's all I hope anyone took away from it. Like, whether or not. This story has been so fun. And it's 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 been fun, not just for. Like I've read books that were fun to read and you know that were engaging and stuff, but this this uh, narrative experience of destiny um, on through the the first and second year has been unique in that it's it's been engaging in a couple of different ways. It's been you know just the right kind of vague in places. It's it's been. Uh, there's there's been big reveals. There's been, you know, like th- that's there's been new questions raised. There's been old questions answered. Uh, it, it's it's been a ride. It's it's definitely been a ride. And uh, I've I've had fun. I don't know. I've got I think I've got my money's worth out of out right. of my hundred or so dollars or whatever <laughs> I've spent on. on I mean, uh, the, the Destiny community is pretty, like the Bungie's always had a good community. The Destiny community is pretty special, and does like most people seem to to go along for the ride and have fun. And even when they're, and not even just with the Thorn Last Word story, even when they're arguing points of these characters and that part of the story, and I, I it still seems at the end of the day, everybody is just enjoying like the 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 experience that that Bungie's putting together, and that's that's fantastic. Uh, I was just going to say that one of my favorite things about watching your guys' writing style develop as a team and as individuals is seeing all the different hooks that you guys lay out there. You guys lay out little like little cookies for people to find. And then two DLCs down the road, you use it. And you don't realize that you guys are going to pull those things out. Again, just like one line from a card from D1 all the right. way to Broadak and Rise of Iron. It's fun to watch the the team developed these stories that you never experienced or never even thought you would experience. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the things that helps at destiny part aside from like the phenomenal art and the, and the pitch perfect gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, 
yeah. I, I think, you know, that's it's uh, the the quote unquote ten year plan. Like it's it's not it's not supposed to just give you the facts and be done with you. It's supposed to give you pieces of the world and then make you part of it, which is, you know, not every, not everybody does. That doesn't mean that, that everybody should. Um, but I think it's what helps make destiny unique. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of an experience and emotions and, and interacting with the thing is more memorable than facts. Like the best stories you've ever experienced are, are, are memorable and something something that you felt you were part of. And maybe you'll remember a line here or there. Most often people misquote their favorite quotes. The, you know, it's, it's not about how, how perfectly a thing is written within, within its wit or the facts it's laying down. It's, it's how it's written to make, a, make, the, make its audience feel about the time they spend with it, which is that's what I think is important about storytelling anyway. And I think Destiny does that pretty damn well. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, you know, going back to a nod on the the community, you know, we've said it quite a bit ourselves. It's Destiny's community is is very unique in the gaming world because and and you kind of made a comment about that. It's because like even when we're in big disagreements with each other, even when you have people on polar opposite sides, at the end of the day, everyone everyone is able to set aside for for the most part, everyone is able to set aside the differences and just kind of enjoy, you know, it's, it's a game. Yeah. Everyone, everyone keeps that in mind, you know, that's in the back of everyone's mind. It's very clear that it's in the back of everyone's mind is that this is not, you know, something it's not that it's not serious, but it's not super realistic, serious. Like it's not, people are not going to have an issue with reality if they get proven wrong because it's a story. Well, I would also argue this is something I've experienced quite a bit is the, um, you know, as much as I like the story and all the writing and destiny, uh, more often than not, when I'm playing with my friends, we're not listening to a single thing. Like we're, right. we're talking to each other. We're yelling at each other. We're trying to get our job done to save, save the God galaxy. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's, I've had friends, you know, hit me up. Hey, let's play. This is from launch to new friends that hadn't played it yet. And, and three months ago, this happened. Let's, oh, I want to play. I want to hear what, I want you to give me some inside information about the characters. So, okay, <laughs> let's play. I'll, I'll talk. Like, I mean, I'm not going to, my, my friends never, never asked me for anything crazy. They just want to know like, oh, if because I'm not catching something. And we'll be two sentences into the landing dialogue and we'll be talking about, he'll start talking about what's going on with his day. <laughs> and I'm sure and then we land. He's like, "Wait, what's going on?" I'm like, "Dude, we just like, all you got to do is listen." I'm not just going to say, you know, but that's what happens. You start to play, and even when we're trying, even when I would tell people, "Just listen, this part's cool." You know, see something here. This part might be important. Do it. Like you're, you start to play, you start to talk, you start to call stuff out, you start to talk about your day. It's a very social game, and like how they're amping up with Destiny Two is fantastic. The work they're doing with that, but Destiny, Destiny in and of itself from the get go was built around get some buddies and go have some fun. So yeah. that's, uh, I, I don't, I don't think that's underrated. I know the community gets it. And I think that over time, like the, the larger consumer base and, and game media got it. Like the game is just fun. And the story, if you're, you know, once you do then pay attention to the story, you're like, Oh, it's, it's deeper. It's deeper than we thought. And that's just not the, more. I think, I think just the mission stories, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, this is not me defending destiny from any critique. Um, but I do think that 
when when Destiny One, when D One launched, people were expecting a game that was going to give them facts as they go, as a, as opposed to a game that treat, treated you like you were new to the world. Um, and I, but I think as the each DLC released and and that story started to expand, like you were saying, like stuff that was said earlier starts to come home. Uh, you start to see this is this is a pretty a pretty great kind of living world that that I think treats its fans with respect, treats the players with respect in terms of what they can understand and what what they'll allow themselves to learn as they play. So that was my ramble that, about that. That was beautiful. <laughs> That was, that was I can I can literally remember the first time after we started doing this and in the beginning it wasn't a podcast it was just a stream and then when I told my my usual raid team that say hey, I I can't play on Wednesday nights anymore because I've got this stream about Destiny's story that I'm gonna be on and they were like ha ah, nerd and they didn't care about like the story of the game they wanted to do the raid they wanted yeah. to get the rewards they wanted to to do the stuff and then i can remember when king's fall came out and it's the funniest thing we we got to the to the final room where Oryx was <laughs> and then Oryx Oryx comes up and then everyone's like oh my god he's so big oh man we're gonna kill this dude and i was like you guys realize he's a princess right <laughs> and um <laughs> like it's 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 those little moments of being able to interject these little lore nuggets to these people that really really aren't that interested in them that make my life <laughs> that much. That's makes it's like game, that's something that gives the game value and power is it's it, it understands for the most part that there are different types of people that consume this type of entertainment. There are people. I have a lot of friends that just want to play Crucible and just want to play. They'll come in on Tuesday and just do the the reset, and they're done, and they don't care about the story. When we play, they'll ask some questions. They're like, "Oh, that's cool," but they don't care. They just want to play. But then there's other people that just that, that do love the lore, and they'll do the reset, they do that stuff, and they also want to dig into what the story means and what's the fiction, and they want to go along for that ride. Like being able to make something that speaks to both of those audiences isn't easy. Uh, but I think it's the important way to create content. If the game was too lore heavy up front, a lot of those people would be turned off because they yeah. just want to be able to go in and have fun and they don't want to have to remember all the facts. They just remember, they just want to remember who to shoot with what and when to shoot them, which is, <laughs> you know, which is, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like if you had to, if you had to decode binary to get to the tower for the first time, it would probably been a non-starter. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow would have done it. There would have been four people in the tower. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I know, you know, speaking towards the the story that speaks to different people, I kind of want to use that as a segue into talking about your your writing style of person or your, your writing interest personally. I know you've said recently that you're really excited about like Crackdown 3 because you get to spend more time with the villains. Yeah. So like, you know, what, what makes it more enjoyable for you to write about villains than heroes? Like in light of there being the figure that is, you know, basically ultimate it's it like the villain is set up to be defeated. If you do the game correctly, How, do you design them differently than the hero as far as story writing goes? Or how does that, how does that work? I mean, it's just it's it's just the opposite sides of the same coin, right? When you're playing as the like in Destiny, or do you want to drive the you want to drive the character forward with with re encouragement and 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 the information that allows them to feel powerful and 
and, 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 and moving forward and building themselves up to take on these challenges that are larger than life. And with, you know, with something like, with like crackdown, like, you know, you have the VOA and other voices in your head that are making you feel tough, but then there's also like the, the, the agent doesn't speak as all at all. And the VOA is a, a lot of times they're just, you know, he, he, um, he is, he is that voice in your head that is the, the, the fuse, the short fuse to get you to feel like a bad. And so with Crackdown, being able to, the, the variety, there's a handful of villains and they're all working towards the same end, but we've made them all unique enough that we, they, they, they have a different voice and, you know, uh, the different than the Vanguard pushing you forward is the thing that's pushing you forward. A lot of times in Crackdown, when you're dealing with these people and fighting them is the fact that you just want to kick their teeth in. Like they're bad people. <laughs> they're bad things to you. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's the same type of motivation, you know, it's negative reinforcement versus positive reinforcement. Like they're just, they're, they're bad people doing bad things to the world and they talk to you, at you, around you. Um, and, and I, I think it's, I'm, I'm a big fan of crackdown. It, uh, the first two crackdown games, just being able to run around those world and collect the orbs and do all the fun stuff and listen to the bombastic nature of the VOA. And the villains in the first two crackdowns were all right. Uh, they did, they, you know, I'm not knocking that, and I don't think that was that's the intent with kind of when we talk about the villains in Crackdown Three. But I, I think we have made kind of, you know, I, I, I look at them. My inspiration for them, and I've talked about this with a lot of, of the the other, you know, with the other uh, Crackdown writers, is that uh, I, I look at them like uh, Saturday morning cartoon villains. They're Skeletor and his crew. They're Cobra from GI Joe. Like they all have unique personalities and play their own role. And and if you were to cut the head off the snake. The rest of them would still be uniquely colorful sons of bitches, right? So it's <laughs> it's just trying to make sure that comes across, and that's fun. Writing bad people is fun. Writing cool, writing cool people telling you to do cool shit is fun, and writing bad people saying bad things to you is fun. Like that, uh, you know. That's uh, I'll eat that. Yeah, I'll eat that Twinkie from either end. It's good. <laughs> what I what I hear that's is that the you're the best euphemism ever. <laughs> what I hear is you're a big fan of Handsome Jack from Borderlands. Oh yeah, he was fantastic. Well, one of my favorite video game moments is uh, Borderlands Two. Spoilers: When you got to say, what's the bird's name? Mordecai. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, no! No, nah, Mordecai. I love it. I, I played it the first game, and when you save that damn bird, but then you didn't save the damn bird. It's too good. Like that's a classic. That's just a classic. It's funny. It's villainous, and it's yeah. It's uh, great. That's uh, great. That's a great character and a great game. Oh yeah. yeah, I just as soon as you said you want to kick his teeth in, that's the that's the first character that jumped into my yeah. mind. It was like yeah. it's like that son of a yeah that one that one yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like and you and you definitely see that with you know again going back to the dredge and your like you see that that character you know from a ne- from the negative development standpoint you see that fleshing out and i don't know justin green did you have anything on that tangent that you guys you guys wanted to talk about uh as far as like if we're going to go more into dredge and your in particular i mean writing him the fall of rezel is kind of really interesting from a psychological point uh standpoint i don't know i know you mentioned like um uh, what did you mention? Negative reinforcement versus positive reinforcement. I mean, how much background of reading did you have to do to come up with the psychology behind Bezel falling? Or was it just like, hey, this sounds like a cool story. Let's just do it. The, uh, the Rezel and Gretchen, um 
they sparked into my brain as soon as I started thinking about the story. Like who was the, like the, how did the black hat become the black hat was the first thing I started thinking about. That's, that's awesome because nobody thinks about that. They always just, they see snidely whiplash tying someone to the, to the train yeah. tracks. They don't, they don't think, you know, like what's his journey? Like what's yeah. he been through? Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I was, uh, I just, I, I wanted to create a, a villain that I thought people would thought and hoped people would view as dark and other, um, and I, you know, I wanted that. I wanted that to be a cloud that that when actually revealed, you know, that there was actually pretty sunny days before those clouds rolled in. And then the idea of planting the seeds of, well, what, where did the clouds come from, and and why, you know, why did uh-huh. they roll in? did they roll in? Were they allowed to roll in? Like, what's what's that all about? So, that just reminds me of the Batman quote: "Either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain." Yeah, but I mean, it's sure. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm a villain in whose eyes? Mm-hmm. Right. Villain, oh yeah, yeah. The villain, I mean, maybe maybe the Joker does. Maybe I'm like a lot of villains. <laughs> a lot of villains keep themselves in the bed and <laughs> kill kill one little village and everyone loses their mind. <laughs> you, like I'm not I'm not gonna, like what if you kill a village with good intention? Yeah. Right. No. no. <laughs> you know, what's the whole it's the whole, you know, break a few eggs argument. I'm just talking. I'm not I'm not right. deciphering anything. I'm not just, no, no, this you, is not this is not to be held. So also, though, to, to kind of expand and, and move past, because I think we could probably do a whole a whole episode that would be just talking to our guest about Dregden Yor. Dregden Yor. Sorry. But uh, no, uh, you've actually you've actually had a, a pretty heavy hand in some other and some other storylines in Destiny as well. Um, not to mention the books of sorrow, correct? Oh no, books of sorrow was all Eric and Seth. Okay, like so. I did, I did. Uh, you know, I, I the the name was created for the uh, the um, the thorn. Um, yeah, the weapons. The weapons, the weapons of sorrow. There's there's um, you know there's thoughts about you know that clearly lists a specific a specific book and whether or not we'll ever dive into other, 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 other books, you know, that's, but no, that the, the books of sorrow, that was, that was mostly Seth Dickinson and, and, I, and Eric. Um, and they killed it. I think it's amazing. But not only the, the other books, but also the other understandings of yeah, the yeah. books of sorrow. Yeah. Um, which, which is a, is a unique twist on it because, you know, there there can be so many physical books, and that's how many there are. But there can be infinite amounts of understandings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all based on you know. And then, what are the under? Where do the understandings come from? Whose understanding is that? Could one understanding be misinterpreted or interpreted by another person differently? You know, it's. Are they all lies anyway, and we don't have to worry about it? No, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> That's true. Hurts my head. Don't do it. 
I don't think at any point anything that's been written in the in the Destiny fiction uh, is written as you know. I mean, unless unless there's a, unless there's a clear reason and and a, and a, a payoff at some point, uh, nothing's a lot. Nothing like if there are any lies, they're there's they're few and far between, and they're intentional. Um, you know, the start going back to like the thorn last word that the, the, the wording at the beginning is just let people know this happened in a time where he wasn't recording it when he wrote, when, you know, so there might be slight differences in, in the events, but none of the events are, are untrue. There might just be someone else's point of view as to what happened there. That is, Fair that is a really good point, actually. I like I like that actually because it it does I that's kind of you know that's kind of how I read it. Up, yeah, sorry, I mean, it was meant to set up everyone's interpretation of the cards, right? So, right. And I think right. that kind of goes for all like a, a lot of the stuff in the grimoire. There's a lot of truth in there, but how? But the the, the truth is only however in how every individual reader chooses to decipher it. Well, and it's also the the challenge with the grimoire, and this is something that I love about like not just the grimoire and destiny, but like even some of the ex- like the expanded universe in Halo, and you know the different the different games that I've read the expanded universe, like Skyrim, Elder Scrolls does this amazingly well. Was like the the lore, the aspect of the lore that you have access to is it's true, but it's true from the perspective of the person not only reading it, but the person who is supposed to be writing it. Yeah. And so it's like it it is inherently going to be a biased look at something mm-hmm. and you have to keep that in mind. And I think that's yeah. that is just such a cool cuz it really it, it really helps immerse you into the universe. Yeah, hopefully, but I mean the I mean the danger is then people start to worry about whether, you know, right. people just, just got to be careful about whether, you know, cuz you can, ah, it's it's and there's a bit of a catch 22 type you know you, you don't want to overread in anything but every now and then you need to right right <laughs> but like what the trick is like the the good the the best way i feel to tell a story it was like the, no one's going to tell you when to do it because then that that takes away that takes away part of that experience so you got to know when to and when not and or also i mean that's too definitive you don't need to know either you just need to enjoy a thing as it exists and if you want to read too much into it or not enough into it just know that if more information comes that's not a knock on however you experience it or chose to engage with it the first time like it's it's all just meant to help you enjoy the universe and and understand a little bit more of it you know and that's that's the intent anyway no and i think that's that is an extremely cognizant point too like i i I really agree with that because like as as a person who is kind of you know sitting on the opposite side of the spectrum from where you're sitting as a consumer of the stories that's how i approach it is is like you know hey this is my theory of or this is my my theoretical analysis of what it is you know literary analysis that's what literary analysis is is i think this is what the author meant and then the author will come out with the next series. And I, and I've said this a number of times, but it's like, Oh, I think he, I think the direction that we're going with this story is this direction. And then the next book comes out and they go in the opposite direction. I, I'm not as a consumer. I'm not mad at the author. I'm just like, Oh, well shoot. I got to I got to refine that theory. <laughs> right. So, you, I think would make few people would be, you know, most people understand it. Um, and, 
And I mean, I don't really think it's an issue. It's just something to be stated. Like the right. idea that like it's, it's being told. Most stories are told with intent. They're mo- they're usually presented with intent. And the main, the, the foundation of that intent is that hopefully people have fun reading it. Right. Right. And, and I think that's, I think that's what's so amazing. Again, going back to going back to the the your story is like that was what was made it so enjoyable was that it was not just you know the story. It was because I mean from a story standpoint, it was a very it was a very not not very basic, but it was a very standard arc of a, a fall and or the rise and fall of a of a particular hero. But then you have this just like this amazing delivery of the breaking apart and like the way that it was distributed to the to the re- readers, I guess you can call it readers, the gamers. And that's what really just elevated it. And to me, that's what made it so enjoyable to to digest was, you know, you were always hungry for that next piece. And I think that's what makes a lot of role-playing games that I play like Skyrim and all the elder scrolls games, they do a really good job with that. They, they piece the, they give you breadcrumbs and it's up to the player to kind of put it together. And I just, that blows my mind thinking like, so I guess, I guess that's actually another question I have is like, so when you have those stories, do you guys, do you guys normally write the full story and then like cut them up and distribute them? Like, how does that, how does that get decided? Um, the, for the, I mean, for the Thorn last word specifically, I would just write chunks based on the release and I would, but I have an outline of the whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, like, I know what the story is and where it's going to go. I have a loose breakdown of, of what I think I can get away with within a given release. <laughs> you know, I have, I have X number of cards. What, what information do I think is valuable to, to, to give out mm-hmm. that will, uh, push the story forward and also add new information for people to continue the conversation and, and, and hopefully get a little bit more attached to these characters and, and what they're doing in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, yeah, that story in particular, I, I, there, there, I mean, I think there might've been a card or two that I wrote in advance and had set aside for later use. But for the most part, I know the story start to stop. Like when I, like the last batch of cards that came out, those were always going to be the last batch of cards that came out for D one. Like that was that, that didn't just, Oh, now I got to do this. Like it was, <laughs> that's always where that story was going. Like, it, you know, like, so I, I, I haven't really talked about it with the other guys that were doing grimoire stuff, whether or not they had it all, they just wrote it and broke it down. We all just kind of did our thing. Okay. And, and just make sure when we were touching, you know, if we were going to touch elements of anyone else's bit, we'd talk about it and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to use this here. I'm going to, I'm going to drop this little piece in here. Does this counter, does this contradict anything you're doing? Yeah. You know? So it's like, yeah, it's I'm going to make, it's all, it's all intentional. You know I mean? <laughs> at, some point, at, at some point, at some point you're, you, you got to make shit up as you go on some, like the individual beats, the words that are said within a given card. Like I write those as I write them because I, 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 I think if I would have, if I would have written the whole story out and then, and then had it waiting there for me to go back and refine and perfect, it would have been a little more sterile. And I tried to keep it as simple as possible because I thought the delivery, I didn't want people to, 
to have to worry about the delivery and the information that was being given and then also have to worry about decrypting the text. I tried to right. keep each card kind of fun and might, might probably not the right word, but kind of give them a little bounce uh, so that each card, when you're done reading, you're like, oh, that's fun. And if someone never read any other cards, they'd be like, oh, that's fun. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. We've we've had a lot of fun with them. Like, we've done audio grimoire on the 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 I think the one where uh, Dredgen's ghost is talking to him and then also the bandits card and then <laughs> we, we've had some uh, yeah we had Bifon and, and we did the bandits card it, it, that, that was an awesome bit of banter written back and forth um, but yeah we I mean those provide you know a fair amount of I I kind of separate things into into two different groups uh, when it comes to the narrative of destiny. There's there's the writing and the storytelling that goes into goes into kind of painting this tapestry of this of there being this ancient universe that's existed through all of this all of this conflict and strife right. and and golden age and collapse and and you know all this all this other stuff. And then there's there's pieces that actually are are more are more immediate and kind of move the move the direct narrative as far as as like moving the story on while we play. Right. And I think that uh I think that the uh Dwindler's Ridge and you know Dresden Yor and and Shin Malfour and Jaron Ward that's that's one of those pieces that adds a bit of flavor to to the game that that it it honestly reminds me of Lord of the Rings because basically you had Lord of the Rings and you could read the books or watch the movies or whatever you wanted to do and get the main narrative but then if you would like go back and 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 really dig into it you would have all these little pieces of artificial history that would give this kind of this illusion of there being this this sort of depth of experience that existed before all this um and and it's really it's not unique in this game but it is i think unparalleled i think this is the best i've seen that done in in a video game but uh, that's a hell of a compliment for everyone that's worked on it. So I think they'd all be pretty happy to hear it. So that's cool that like people in, enjoy it to that level. Um, but it also speaks to you know not even just the you know the the, the writing of the grimoire and and the stories we're able to tell there are fun. But if if I think the reality of it is those stories that you read and enjoy and the book of like the the book of sorrows you read that then you play Taken King. You know, or you replay it, or you've been playing it, and the creep just—it just amps the creep up. Like if you care about oh, that stuff, the whole oh the, the world gets creepier and more and more sinister and, and odder, and and you just like as you're playing the game, you have a different feel, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, Thorn versus Last Word, you, you get a, you know, you feel a little bit more like a, a cowboy, you feel a little bit more like the open range, like there's and there's and the, this idea of like good and bad, and other cards hopefully do the same thing. Um, uh, I th- I think that's valuable. I think, I, and I I don't know. You know, I hear I, I I'm here. I mean, I've, I've read and seen like people that you know. We want the grimoire in game. And I, I 
I, I, oh man, like they're the, I don't, I, I mean, there's some people who just want to be able to read it while they're standing in the tower, which is fine, I guess. Um, I think you'd, I'd rather be playing. Uh, <laughs> no, tower. you, uh, when I'm not, playing, I'm playing. When I'm reading, I'm reading. Yeah, well, it's also like, like it's, it's not a knock on anybody that really wants more better, like what they what they view as better access to the content. That's that's a valid concern on anybody's part, right? But but having people loaded into the game like that, like there's memory issue. You're standing there reading a thing. Like I, I, I don't know if the app gets enough credit or the website or like the people like Star Collective and the people that have made this stuff so readily available is all fantastic. And then there's the argument of like, they just want the missions in the game to be as quote unquote in depth as the grimoire. And the truth is, I think a lot of them are, if you pay attention to what's actually happening, but we're not describing your actions because you're doing them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and also I don't care whatever your favorite mission in any video game ever, a good writer can write a paragraph that's cooler. That is like, such I, a great I, point. I don't care how in depth that game was. I don't care how good the gameplay was or the writing. Mm-hmm. A good writer will write a paragraph that'll make it seem shallow. Like that's just you're, you're unbound and, and you and you unlock well, the full imagination of the person reading with, with with just words. And also, we will break your paragraph when we play it. Like we will, <laughs> we'll find a cheesy way. We'll find a cheesy way to make your paragraph. <laughs> insignificant when we play it so it's good that it exists in print form to where we can experience it in all its glory because once we get it in game it's we will like, push it off oh, the ledge wait, no. and then the darkness pushed back and we stood in this corner and it couldn't touch us <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what well, we do also, we look at like look at the art and, like the, the D- destiny or bunch of some of the best artists in the damn world like we don't have to describe the grossness of the of of walking through the dreadnought or walking through some of the high oh. caves because if you're paying attention, the shit's gross. Like it's creepy. There's there's weird little worms and 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 growths and like the, there's a little bit of like uh, fog hanging on the ground and play like the the yeah. it's there. You're just you're you're too busy using some of the best gunplay in video games to kick to realize that you're in the middle of a nightmare and a boop room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the, all the hiveness. Anybody's, anybody's view on why, like if, if you like a piece of content, you should always want more from it, you know, right. but, but uh, there's, there's also a world where understanding like where the value of, you know, the, the combination of the two, like uh, like uh, written lore and, and, and having rich enough lore within the game uh, are both things people should always strive for and ask for. If they want more, if they want it to be better, they should talk about it. They should have those conversations because if anything, Bungie listens to that stuff. So right. they, they, they understand what the, their fans. I've never worked on a project in my life that people that work on it in just as much as Bungie plays Destiny, they love it. And 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 working on a piece of art is hard. All you see is the flaws for the most point. But the game's too damn fun, and 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 I think that's a testament to all the work that's been put into it, and a testament to the community that is, you know, they. I think everybody everybody uh, across the community kind of keeps 
keeps Bungie on their toes because they want they want to make sure everyone's having fun. And they also, I think, when they see some of the comments and, and things that can be done better here or there or things that people love, they're like, you know, it's either validation because they 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 love it as well, or it's validation with them saying, yeah, yeah, that's a thing we could we could tweak here or there. That's something we had not we had our eyes. On. So it's a uh, you know, I think there's a lot of video game companies. It's a uh, that have uh, really good communities and good interaction with their communities. It's pretty unique among this industry, like the, the, that relationship between the consumer and the, and the producer. Well, and that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons it's such a great, I, I think that's, that kind of touches on the, again, the uniqueness of the destiny community and like some of the, some of the other smaller aspects of different communities too, is the, the feedback loop is always always a good thing to to keep respect you know keep respectful but also don't hide the criticism just keep it constructive yeah um, if you're constructive the people will listen right yeah um i know like and i guess this kind of i don't know really how to segue into this next one but i know that a lot of people and we kind of talked about this also before before Ed, i know a lot of people have the token question um, oh, Justin, you did have a question about – go for it. Oh, no. I was just going to ask a question. Um, so we've seen the – well, I say we. I don't know how old everyone is. Blue doesn't even know how old he is. Um, this is true. This is true. So, so <laughs> no, uh, you know, in in my lifetime, I've seen the the evolution of video games – as a storytelling medium from from a point to where the storytelling was a secondary or even tertiary consideration um game gameplay was first um gameplay completion was paramount and any storytelling that happened was kind of just window dressing like if you think back to the older like regular Nintendo games and arcade games. And when you would have like a little square pop up in the bottom and, and like a, a static character with his mouth opening and closing. And then, and I'm thinking like star Fox, but, um, when you, when you think of that, I don't know. Those barrel rolls were pretty important. Um, so I'm thinking about those types of games and storytelling as the story is really not, the 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 big draw with that but as the technology and as consoles have gotten more and more powerful and the cinematic quality of these consoles has gotten more near what we're accustomed to in a movie theater um the storytelling capabilities of video games has grown by leaps and bounds like whereas you know as recently as I don't know, five, six years ago, we can do things now that, that, you know, like you can, you can have an, an animated NPC in a cutscene. Um, you can have them actually convey real emotion and, and elicit an emotional response from the person playing the game. I mean, if you, if you don't believe this play Halo five, get to the end like play halo 4 like i mean don't like don't, don't make me cry yeah yeah all the feels but all i'm saying is all i'm saying is as this capability um becomes more refined 
And we're going to get to a point to where to where video games, um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and predict it, to where video games will be the pinnacle of, you know, the entertainment industry, industry like we're moving that way. Um, how has storytelling in video games and writing for video games kind of adapted to that increase in in uh, capability? I think it's just... Uh, I think in, in everything you just said, it's not necessarily adapted. It's finally uh, part of the party. Like it's 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 finally more welcome at the table. Not not just not necessarily because people were were adamant against story before. Maybe some were, maybe some weren't. But the idea, like with the technology and the things that can be done to convey convey emotion and and, and hit the hit the beats of a story, um, you know. Uh, as that stuff has evolved, I just think it, it people can do it now, right? And so, and so now, now that that is that now that that's on the table, and people have started to do it over the past decade or so, like they they'll just get better and better at it, and the technology will evolve more and more. And the things video games will be able to do, the video that movies can't do, is you know convey that emotion over over you know the the, the different the different ways people play the game. So at some point, every, you know, everyone's playing the same game, but you know, there's X number of different endings and, you know, Mass Effect does that pretty well, you know, with all the different characters interactions and the things you're doing with different, the different conversation trees and how that evolves your, evolves your character and evolves your narrative. Like that's a technology that no, no other storytelling medium has. And it's just going to get, and you know, who knows what the hell is going to happen with VR and you can set people down in a real looking world yeah. and allow them to allow them to live out the experience. And it's still just a game. But it will it even be called games at that point. I don't know. Like it's it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, the answer to the question is, hell yeah! Like so the video video games, the tech, the, the idea behind video games and the experiences they can create, no other medium can match them in terms of storytelling. So they are the future. Like movies, movies and good television, like. The control they have over emotion and the and and attention, like a, a movie, you're sitting there, you're watching the screen, you're doing the thing. That is what you're doing. You're interacting. Your your mind and heart and brain and eyeballs are interacting with what's happening on that screen. Video games still have, you know, like I, you, you can still get distracted by all the cool shit you do in the game and maybe miss some dramatic points here or there. Um, but there's no reason they can't tell. Like a video game can't tell as in, as as uh, in depth a story as Breaking Bad. Someone just asked me. <laughs> awesome. You know, like uh, what's the? Uh, I don't remember what the hell it was called. Was you guys watch Rick and Morty? That virtual reality. Uh, they <laughs> season two where they was living the life of the guy. What the hell is it called? Like Paul or something? I don't know what it's called. Um, but he remember he, he goes back to work after winning the lottery or something, and then he dies because the carpet falls on him. I don't know if you guys watched that <laughs> shit, but I played hell out of it. <laughs> good stuff <clears throat> well and i know like i um i was gonna say i know a very common question that we get whenever we do these is from people who are interested in getting into the the aspect of you know this industry um so like from from your standpoint what you know 
if there were a few key points to advice to people who are interested in getting into the, the writing aspect of gaming or just the entertainment industry, what would you say the most important ones are that you've experienced or, you know, that you've learned, I guess, in your time within that? In this day and age, 2017 plus, as we keep moving forward, if you want to be a creator, a writer, an artist, uh, if you want to tell stories for a living, uh, you know, get get the education that you think you need. Some people, some people, you know, can find that in art school and the value, the real value in art school and 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 advanced education is you meet other people who are like minded. You can you can build those relationships and move forward. And while you're honing your craft, um, but I my number one advice to anybody that wants to be a storyteller in any any medium uh, in any way possible is to create content. Find a way to create content. If you want to be a writer, write. You can put your stuff up online and anybody can read it at this point. You can write a book and put it on Amazon in a month. Like there, you can, you can get your content out there and it'll be hard. Not everyone's going to pay attention to it because everybody's doing it. But you'll get better at it each time. And if you have something to say, if you have a voice, you'll start to hone that and then make make some connections, go to shows, go to, you know, make, meet people in the community, meet people at the studios that you want to work with and ask them these questions firsthand and show, you know, send links to your samples and get people reading them and try to build your own little fan base. But the, the best way, you know, I mean, the, 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 it's, you know, it's talents and being in the right place at the right time and all, and who, you know, like goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So basically and, just, just do it. Yeah, just do it. Cause otherwise what the hell are you doing? If that's what you <laughs> want to do, what are you doing? Just, I mean, I know like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you have a job, you gotta do, yeah, there's, if you want to be a writer, there's always time to write. Right. So find time to just write, do a, do, you know, set a, you know, do a page a day, do half a page a day. It doesn't matter. Just, just write something. And if you want to write video games, you need to find the programs that allow you to meet the people that are also doing it. And but no, no one's going to hire somebody to write a video game if you don't have if you don't have a catalog of work and work experience um, that will allow will allow them to understand that you could do the job. And then once they understand that, then you take the writing test. If you're a good fit, then you get an interview. If you're, you know, you go in, you do the interview, you do good, you convince them all you have to in the world, and then all of a sudden you're in the door. Like it's <laughs> it's not it's not easy by any means because everybody wants to do it. Right, right. Um, but that doesn't matter. It also is if if you want to. I would say that if you want to be a creator, a storyteller, a writer, an artist, and you want to make video games, and that's your dream, I want to do video games. Well, is that your dream, or do you want to be a storyteller, a writer, an artist? Because you can always get to video games, but until you decide you want to be the the, the writer, the artist, the storyteller, and hone that craft and become good at that. Just wanting to do a thing because you want to do video games is not the reason to do anything, and it's it and it probably is going to work out. Like you need to know what you want to do and then find a medium that allows you to do that. And and you'll more I I think more often than not in this day and age you'll get to where you want to go. That's yeah, and that's a fair point too because like. We get we get a lot of people who are like you know hey we want when I hear about how you get into the video game industry and it's kind of it reminds me a lot of like my own my own personal or professional situation where it's like 
you know, it's, it's tech. It's like, well, what do, what aspect of that is what you actually do? Cause there's so many different shades, yeah. you know, within that. I mean, even, even within the writing piece, there's, I'm imagining there's a lot of different, there's not just like narrative. Cause I mean, I know with at least Bungie, you have people who write grimoire cards, but then you also have people who write the flavor text and you know, how <clears throat> do are a lot of the teams with video games? Are they, are they usually segmented like that? Finally, or much, how does that? So with like the with the bungee, like we we were doing, everybody kind of does everything. Yeah, so it's kind of a shared level load. You write, story, you write mission, you write mission dialogue. You write. Like, there's you know there's there's certain not not every type of writing is like not every type of writing skill is equal across writing. Some people are better at dialogue than prose. Some people are better at prose than dialogue. Some people are better at you know, quick witty like flavor text than they are necessarily uh, mission dialogue. You know, but but I think uh, the good thing about Bungie is they always it's always been kind of a a team and a collaborative, and people help each other with that stuff and review and have those conversations. And and some people every now and then, you know, some people will focus on one aspect while other people are focusing on on another. But at any given moment, if any any of the writers need to write a thing, like they can they can hop on it and 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 help help make sure everything gets to where it needs to be. So is that is that a is that a norm in in this aspect of it, or is that is Bungie kind of a different? No, I, I don't know. Like I don't know. Like um, you know the stuff. I know for like Halo, for example, there were you know Schler who wrote, worked on Halo Four, and he wrote the comics. You know, he did some of the comics and some right. of the. You know, I think in any given place, if there's stories that need to be told, and you have writers and they have the skill set, then you can, you can, uh, you can, they can, they can be moved around to to fill not only the studio's creative needs but their creative desires as well. Um, you know, that's so, actually that's yeah. actually really cool. So there's not like there's not like segmented. It's not. Um as a writer, you don't have to worry about kind of getting pigeonholed into a specific aspect necessarily, unless you want to be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like if, you know, like there's a world where the best job in the planet is naming weapons and writing flavor text. Like, like <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that world. Justin, you know? calm down. I know that's your dream. So, <laughs> you know, and yeah. even that some, some people are better than others at that. You know? Like there's just, you know, some of it's subjective and some of it's just making sure you got the, got the right bounce here or there. But again, like, a, like the good thing about Bungie is enough creative talented people at the end of the day, I think, I think, you know, the best, the, the, the best are versions of the best flavor text and weapon names end up in the game. I think, I think everyone kind of enjoys the, the wackiness of the, the weapons that make the destiny arsenal. So Okay, that's really cool, Justin. I know you had a you had something you wanted to. Uh, I was just gonna ask have you have you pinned any uh, flavor text? I did a lot of flavor text. Yeah. Uh, what what is your what is the flavor text that you are most proud of? Because for yeah. me, that's one of the best parts of the writing the, in the Destiny. Flavor text thing, the flavor text thing is Seth Dickinson. He was oh, a yeah. he he did a lot. He did a. Sh- ton of amazing flavor text for the armor and the and stuff and eric i mean everybody there everyone who puts everyone who's put 
Clay with Takedown has done some really cool stuff. I'd have to think. Like I don't. I. I man, there's so much. I can't remember. Um, I think I said in the interview. My favorite weapon name I did was Hopscotch Pilgrim. Oh. Um, but I. I don't even. I, I can't. Like we're sitting here right now. I don't even remember what the flavor text was. Oh, easy. Um, one, two, three. That's one, a pretty, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> no, no. My favorite is probably Jabber Hockey. Beware my gun. <laughs> so, I, don't know, who was, I was talking to somebody like, uh, uh, you know, if there was a bounty on puns, I'd kill them all and I'd be rich. <laughs> God, you and you and Justin do not need to get started. <laughs> like, I, I actually talked to Irk while I was at the uh, reveal in L.A. and. Uh-huh. And they had this gun in the display that was pretty much like just made of rats, and yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, I Irk was standing there. And I was like, Hey, uh, hey, buddy. And he was like, Yeah, yeah what's up? And I was like, Have you guys named this one yet? And he was like, No, no, actually, that one hasn't been named yet. And I was like, Well, uh, you're gonna need to name that one the Pied Piper. And. <laughs> And and he was like, "That's actually a good name." And I was like, "No, no, I that's I'm gonna need more hard commitment from you right now that you're gonna name that one, the Pied Piper, and its signature perk is gonna be called Rat Pack Rounds." And he would not. He he, he slithered out of it. And he left. <laughs> Typical. I mean, Typical. find out what how it happened in a couple weeks here. No, and and. All I all I want I'm gonna blame in life you is, is if a that's job. What it is. All I want in life is a job where I name things. <laughs> Just things. So it doesn't have to be video games. No, or... no, it doesn't. He's really good at random stuff. Mm-hmm. Just random. The more random, the better. But yeah, uh, in the diaper it's... factory, get a job naming shit at a diaper factory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. but uh, the just the excitement. My excitement for D2 extends far beyond the, you know, like when you get excited for a new, like if I get excited for the new season of Walking Dead, it's mainly about what's going to happen. My excitement for the new Destiny game is about what's going to happen and what the raid's going to be like and what Crucible's going to be like and what weapons am I going to get that are going to have goofy quotes. Um, And then like, like, just it just goes on and on and on and on for days. Like there's so much to be excited about. It's it's unparalleled. I think, yeah, I think uh, you know it's just uh, they'll keep expanding on um, all that cool shit that people love. There's gonna be like there's a you know there's gonna be a the arsenal grows ever more. You know you know gotta gotta keep filling that bad boy with with crazy names that fit the. Uh, Fit the universe, but also in a lot of cases are just fun. Well, I mean, I that's... Really can't remember. I, I, I couldn't. I, if I had a gun to my head, I couldn't remember all the weapons and flavor text. <laughs> that's right. If you I had said one that of the ch- guns to your head that you said the flavor text, but you couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> that's why I said in chat. I was like, he has forgotten more flavor text than you shall ever know. You know, when I remember, I rem- I, the only time I said this, uh, I was talking to somebody at the Comic Con in some interview. The uh, the only time I would remember a name is when some jackass kills me with the weapon I named. <laughs> <laughs> it drives me crazy. It doesn't make any sense, but it drives me crazy. 
That's that's always how I imagine it is is the guy who designed a weapon is playing Crucible and then that weapon kills him. He's like, This is stupid yeah. I'm to blame. <laughs> that's funny. Well, yes. I, that was that, those were pretty much the big questions I I had. Do you guys, Justin Green? Do you guys have anything else? I don't think so. Justin, uh, other than um, no, no, <laughs> none of the appropriate questions are left. I think I'm done. Well, um. <laughs> Let's do let's do a little bit of uh, shout outs and then we'll run through the outro real quick and call it a call it a deal. So uh, well, fun guys, by the way. Yeah, no. thank you, buddy. John, do you, did you have any did you have any shout outs you wanted to give on this episode? Uh, no, I'm good. Like I just yeah, shout out to 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 everybody to everybody that worked on this damn game. Like there's just endless talent on the design and art and. Le- like from level design to the damn systems that make the make the game run, like everyone there is crazy passionate and and crazy excited about what they've built and what they're building. And I think I think it's awesome that they're you know the the the, the players will the players will play it and they'll love it and and they'll just kind of it's a it's a good cycle and you know, they'll keep making cool shit and people will keep playing it. It's a that's a good world. Perfect. And then Justin, what about you? Uh yeah, I just wanted to say a big shout out to our guest and thank you for coming on. And uh like a long time ago when we first started this podcast, like we always would joke about having someone from Bungie on. So just uh have you on to talk about talk about the process of of writing our favorite game story. Um it's pretty pretty freaking cool. So uh thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. For, for taking the time and uh yeah, thank you for making, you know, for 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 creating these these kind of stories and the games and and the experiences that we I I can't speak for everyone but that just for for me like have permeated the last couple of years of my life like I can't think about the last couple of years of my life without thinking about destiny. You know, like I think about my son's fifth birthday. I think about the time we all did Crota for his birthday together, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just intertwined with everything. And, and that's got a great bit to do with the people who, you know, created the story. So thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. More than welcome from everybody. I'm sure they feel the same way. I mean, I'll give a quick shout out because I got such a soft spot for Thorn last word. If the if the artists, the concept artists, and the 3D artists, and the modelers, and the sandbox sandbox guys that made those two weapons didn't make such cool weapons, that story might be garbage. So, like, <laughs> the, Thank the, you. The, the thing the thing they made inspired something uh, that I enjoy and don't really care if other people enjoy. <laughs> so, yeah. Glad they do, but I would still get a kick out of it even if they didn't. But the uh, those that that those teams and what they built, and, and not just on those two weapons, the weapons in this game uh, are are crazy unique and crazy fun to fire and look at. Uh, so you know, shout out, shout out to that crew for sure. Yeah, awesome. and the weapons are as polarizing as the story. 
<laughs> Green, what about you? Uh, my, my shadow is kind of just reiterating what Justin said, but definitely extending it to the whole writing team. I mean, I love the Dwindler's Red story. I love the Books of Sorrow. I think some of my favorite writing had to do with the Rise of Iron and some of the strong female characters. Yeah, There's yeah. not a lot of that in gaming, and I love that you guys brought that out. Well, that's uh, they got uh, they got a good crew over there. Uh, I'm like uh, Christine and Jill and John and Michael and there's a there's a lot of right. Chris Slurf uh, was there for Rise of Iron. Like they they made it a point to make sure that those characters, you know, and then you start like a core Ray was a bad <laughs> jump, you know, uh-huh. but right. bring in bring in yes. those words and who they were all about. Uh, that I know that. You know the the cool thing about it is it wasn't only important to to a lot of people to to make those characters as strong as they are, not just in terms of strength, but as characters. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the fact that to build a world where they could where where that just of course they are. You know what I mean? Like, to, yeah. To, to build it, a world where, like what? Like this world wouldn't exist if it was any other way. So, of course, Yolder would pick up Salad and throw him like a javelin. I mean, <laughs> why else wouldn't she do? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But sorry, I didn't mean you can continue. I just wanted to jump on. I wanted to jump yeah. on your show. No, no, no worries. I just I wanted to thank you guys and just the writers in general for coming up with good stories, but coming up with good characters that make the stories worthwhile. Cool. Well, and I'll I'll reiterate. Um, Justin's shout out. I, I know nobody likes Kane. <laughs> no one likes who? Uh, Kane. I was just joking. I said except for Kane, she's a character. And I said except for Kane, he's a but it's just jokes. Go. Just jokes. No, no. That was the chicken we, talking. We were about to have problems. <laughs> we were about to. Have... I was like, you're doing fine, and now Justin's not going to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, no. <laughs> I just I just wanted to again reiterate what Justin said because I mean you know again and kind of green both of them um, you know we wouldn't even be doing what we're doing if it wasn't for the strong story so you know thanks for letting us exist um, <laughs> wow but, uh, wow I mean, that's slightly, the best compliment ever all right I mean, well and I mean but seriously at the same time right but yeah. I mean but and the thing is is I'm just gonna call a spade a spade if the game didn't have a story like it does we wouldn't have the need like i mean the good and the bad you know the complaints the complaints for d1 story it's like well that kind of opened the door for content creators like us to to delve into it and then you know the fact is is that yeah once you start delving into it that goes back to you know what we were talking about earlier is about no there there is a story there and it's very detailed and it's very very strong you just kind of have to be you have to be imaginative on how you how you access it. And I think that's amazing. So well, the I mean, fact that just... people picked up on it and engaged with it so well, like was a risk worth taking at the beginning. I, I completely like, agree. Completely and, and, agree. And, and so, and so, you know, whether or not, you know, we gave rise to the community, I don't, I, I just think we made what we thought was cool and, and best. And then, and then luckily a lot of people are like, Oh, the, they could sink their teeth into it, and they had the imagination and the energy to have those conversations and debates, and to take things, you know, beyond just surface value, and really see 
that there there's value in engaging in this in the game beyond the controller in your hand. So right. like the the it's it's really a self. I mean the the foundation was there based on the content, but it's really a self made community. The, the energy that everybody shares and the positivity with which they do it is just crazy impressive, and it fuels the stories that get told on some level. So it's like. Well, hell yeah, it's working. So, like, how do we keep moving this forward? How do we keep these? How do we keep people engaged uh, on a level that that rewards that engagement? So, I mean, it's uh, it's win win. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, it's it's it really is a chicken egg type situation, you know? Like, yeah, the community, the community. <laughs> I totally wasn't going there, but thank you, Justin. Um, I mean, like, yeah, the community. You're right. I mean, the community is you know that we we have that uniqueness on this side but you know providing the content to delve into and to sink our teeth in is also you know we can't do that um so i mean just it's a huge you know for me it's a huge thing to be able to talk to someone who actually was involved with behind the scenes creation of that of that content um so i really i really just want to give a really big thank you for you taking your time and you know talking. Oh, absolutely yeah, no, absolutely. I hope uh, I hope uh, everyone who listens and enjoys it, and I, you know, hope I didn't ramble too much. Gave a little something to chew on. So, oh yeah, uh, no, you you rambled less than yeah. we normally do. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's run through the outro real quick and call it call it a night. Sounds good. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. If you'd like to join us for our live stream episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, John, for giving us a chance to learn about your experiences with the whole aspect of creating the amazing stories that I know I, as well as the rest of the community, just love to learn about. I will, of course, be putting your links in our show notes for anyone who wants to check out all that you do or follow up with any other questions that they might have. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. Thank you.